0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code Wondery at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ghost Eaters! Ghost Eaters! See Ghost Ears!
1: The Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It's March 25th, 2019, episode 84. This is Tom from the Washington, D.C. Outpost, and Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. And with memories of Le'Veon and A.B. fading into the sunset, the Internet trolls have turned their vitriol on the last remaining Steeler lightning rod, Ben Roethlisberger. we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later, but I think we had to jump right in with the game-changing signing that the Steelers made this week.
0: The heir to Ryan Shazier, a former first round safety from Alabama, Mark the Robber, the Criminal, the Crookmaster Baron, Mark the Red Baron, they call him. If by they I mean nobody calls him that, but we will call him that from here on out. Um, And and hopefully he performs as well as that bastard did. in the skies back in the day. But either way, it feels weird. We haven't talked about Mark Barron on the show. I I actually had to go through and check last week's show to see if we had talked about him. Um, and we had not, we just talked about Moncrief and, um, What's his face? Steven Nelson, the cornerback from the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, a sort of unexciting signing here for Steelers Nation with the Steelers adding former Rams inside linebacker Mark Barron to the team. Um, honestly, this is the kind of signing that the Steelers make. This reminds me of last year when the Steelers waited for the dust to clear in the first few days of free agency. They uh, don't want to overpay for anybody. That is the nature of free agency, as we talked about. And, and they probably did overpay for the guys they got, but not like you know how the how the jets overpaid for CJ Mosley paying the guy as much as like Antonio Brown makes <laughs> but um, they wait for the dust to the, uh, for the dust to clear and they bring in some experienced veterans who have had some success in starting roles Mark Barron He's an average to below average starting linebacker, but he does have you know first round pedigree in terms of his athleticism, albeit as a safety. But um, he is a little bit of a slight upgrade from John Bostic. He does have obviously more coverage ability. Not saying he's a great cover linebacker, but he is better than Bostic, who is a complete liability when when he's on the field. Um, He, you know, last year we were excited when the Steelers signed Bostic and Burnett, and those it, it just. Maybe I wouldn't say excited, but we saw, you know, the Steelers can't overpay for players because first off, they simply just don't have the cap space. But these were smart hires that they made to basically give them flexibility in the draft because you can't go into the season starting with Bostic again. You definitely can't go in with Matakavich or a third-round linebacker. And if the Steelers don't land one of the Devons, Devin Bush or Devin White in the NFL draft which they'll probably have to trade up to do that. If they don't land one of those and they hadn't attained a starting caliber inside linebacker and free agency, then they'd be really screwed. So they basically cover their bases here and hopefully they get the dream child in, in the draft and then you have uh, some great depth if the guy doesn't even have to start, Mark Barron, I mean. So it was, I think it was a smart signing, um, albeit maybe not a very exciting one. So what does he have over John Bostic?
1: So Bostic did sign as a free agent last year. It's a two-year deal, $4 million contract. So presumably he's still on the roster. What, what do you consider to be the, the upgrade?
0: He's just more athletic, of course. I mean, John Bostic really cannot cover. Even Vince Williams is a bit of a better cover linebacker than, than John Bostic. And Mark Barron actually, as he's pointed out on Twitter to everybody, PFF grades him as one of the top five run-stuffing linebackers in the NFL. But that's kind of where you have to – that gives you some insight onto how PFF is really not an exact science because the guy was cut by his own team, the team that made it to the Super Bowl. The Rams were 28th in run defense with Aaron Donald and Dominic Su and Fowler and all these guys in the defensive line. They ended up dropping both of their starting inside linebackers, so – that, that you know that does say a lot about them, but he is obviously an upgrade from Bostic, and just in terms of overall athletic ability, and he did have back-to-back hundred-plus tackle seasons, so he's a serviceable starting inside linebacker. The real dream would be if you could get Devin Bush in this draft and then have Mark Barron as your um, backup linebacker. One thing people were thinking uh, was maybe he's uh, being signed to take. Morgan Burnett's place as the dimebacker which would have been a great signing but in his press conference Barron basically said that he's here to play inside linebacker, that's what he was told and so it it doesn't seem like that's in the plans but the Steelers did recently say that they are going to officially cut Morgan Burnett soon so maybe Barron will be in for a rude awakening if Devin Bush ends up in the black and gold and and Barron ends up playing dimebacker although that he's not even the most ideal person to play that position but at least you have competent starters now and you're not one injury away from adicavich
1: <laughs> well i am looking at pro football focus understanding we don't want to over rely on this but it's it, he's nowhere near and it uh above average and even tackling i mean he's like at the very bit of the pack
0: I yeah, somebody
1: tweet, that tweet, yeah. Re- regardless I, I think it's uh it, it gives you a little depth if nothing else but very little else
0: yeah, it's just the Steelers being responsible um with not letting there be any glaring holes in the roster. Now, of course, inside linebacker is still a glaring need, but it's not like you're going in there with like a seventh round guy or, or somebody like John Bosick who, who had such a bad season last year. It's not like you're going in there with absolutely nothing. So you know, we'll see how it works. I was like, let's not kid ourselves. This isn't uh, this guy isn't gonna be making the Pro Bowl anytime soon, but it does offer you some flexibility where if you don't get one of those top two inside linebackers in the first round, because there really are only two first round inside linebackers this year. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but you know, it frees you up to maybe take some different positions in the NFL draft. So
1: if you think that gives us draft, flat draft flexibility, do you still look at linebacker or are you going to another position early?
0: I think the Steelers are going to be open to trading up for Devin White or Devin Bush in the draft. You know, there were rumors last year that they tried up to take the Alabama guy um, in the first round, and I think they'll be open for that now, especially with that incredible third-round pick they got for uh, the best receiver in the NFL. You got two third-round picks. Maybe you can package them with your first-rounder or or create some sort of package to trade up and get one of these guys. I just don't know if the Devons are going to get past that, like, 10 to 15 slot where you have teams like the Denver Broncos who desperately need a middle linebacker, the Cincinnati dirty convicts who just released the king of the convicts, Vontaze Perfect, who, by the way, is now teammates with Ben or er, sorry, with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown immediately puts out a tweet saying it's all love between him and the guy who literally tried to end his career. But, you know he does have a point because Vontae's Perfect never told him to run a slant flatter. So, I mean, it it is totally understandable, but so I do think the Steelers will be open to trading up and I wouldn't be shocked if this was uh, the first time we've seen them do, do it in a while. They did it for Troy and they did it for San Antonio Holmes. Both of those worked out very well, but they might not be able to. And in that case, yeah, I do think that there's some different directions you can go in. I'll tell you one thing I hope that they don't do. We were talking about this online with uh, at Derek DeKid, great Steelers tweeter, friend of ours on Twitter. We just hope they don't take Chase Winovich in the first round or another like a guy like that who's a who's an edge rusher from Michigan, who's uh, the type of guy the Steelers would we would love to get this guy in the second round. I don't think he would last to the third round, but the Steelers have shown a lot of interest in him. I just hope they don't overdraft a player like that, like what they did with T- Terrell Edmonds last year. You know, they needed a safety so badly. There were good safeties around, but they drafted for need. Um, I would like to see them what do what they did with Juju Smith-Schuster in the second round a few years ago when we were all saying, why are you drafting a receiver? You have Brown and Bryant and all these guys. Well, I think that receiver, tight end even, as kind of a shocker, and safety, there are a lot of good players in this draft. This is like a historically deep wide receiver class, and we don't know – Who's going to go where? DK Metcalf has got to be the first guy off the board, but you got Hollywood Brown out there. You got Hakeem Butler out there, AJ Brown. You have all, you know, Paris, um, Campbell, both Ohio, you know, the Ohio State guys we talked about. So maybe you could do that. Or there's two tight ends, which we'll go over in a few weeks from Iowa who are just slam dunk, well rounded, can actually block and catch and make huge plays in the pass game. Two types of guys like that who would be like a huge, That will be a luxury pick. Uh, What is it? Noah Fance. And uh, I'm just totally blanking on the other guy's name right now, the main guy. But you could do something weird and take a tight end because tight end is a little bit more of a hole than we think. Fance McDonald, obviously, we would like him as a starter, but he's just inconsistent. Either he's killing people or he's injured or he's kind of silent. What if you took a luxury pick like that? We don't have an inside linebacker available. We don't want to overdraft the guy. Let's take a strength and make it into a super strength. A super serum, if you will. And that's – my idea is like maybe they do end up taking a luxury pick like that. Or what if they did something weird and traded up to to a slipping DK Metcalf? And then all of a sudden, you have the best receiving core in the NFL again. You know, I'm just spitballing here. Once we go over more of the position groups, we can give you more of an idea of the actual people we'd be thinking you could take. But I just think it frees them up to go in multiple different directions. And that was a really long-winded way of saying that. Sorry.
1: I said at the top of the show that A.B. and Le'Veon were fading, but not without a parting shot from Le'Veon in a recent interview.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you guys have seen this now, the bull crap interview with Le'Veon Bell on ESPN. ESPN, I, they need to find some different people to do these interviews. I guess you you have to give these players softball questions or they won't give you the interview that you want. And it is working. I mean, so many people saw the Le'Veon Bell interview. So I guess if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But just we won't spend too much time on this because we're finally at the end of the tunnel here with all this crap, but you know, bell and Brown, the most disappointing thing with them is they haven't taken a shred of blame or guilt for a single thing at any point in time that they've done ever. They haven't done anything wrong. And then on top of that, you know, he put in a little, he was a little bit more diplomatic maybe than Antonio Brown was. Um, But he did say, you know, his relationship with Ben was definitively part of um, the reason why he left Pittsburgh and uh, because he wanted to have a guy that he had a better relationship with maybe off the field um, or that he was just closer to. And and that's fair. I get that. But it just feels weird that players like, like me first players like Bell and Brown who are self-interested and they made um, career decisions that were motivated by personal finance and stuff like that, which is, Man, it's fine. You can't you can't fault them for that. They're professional. But then don't go around criticizing leadership if you're in no way a leader yourself. So it feels a little funny. He had a quote within that interview, which made him sound like a little kid. The Steelers, he said they quote unquote don't treat you like you're human. I mean, he's talking about they didn't like the fact that he rapped or played basketball or this or that. They just want you to eat, leave, uh eat, breathe, and sleep football. And the Uh, the chancellor of NFL analytics, at Warren Sharp on Twitter. He had a great quote summing up how wrong that was. Uh, Le'Veon Bell saying the Steelers don't treat you like a human. They don't like you doing other things. He said, this is very hard to believe considering the gaming slash fun slash creative empire that Juju is actually building in Pittsburgh. And they totally supported Le'Veon Bell's rap career. I'm pretty sure even Tomlin shared one of the mixtapes, this or that. So, It's just a bunch of slanted stuff that ESPN knows will rile up people. It will get people to comment on the social media. If people comment on the social media, the algorithm makes it so that more people will see it. And they're just feeding the beast because they need to sell clicks. And it was a total bunch of crap. And, um, I don't know, again, just pretty unwatchable. Never took a shred of responsibility for anything. And I'm glad that we're moving forward at least.
1: The silver lining in all this is – ben roethlisberger's pr advice that he's getting absolute silence i mean there's no way to meet the trolls out there there's this whole racism slant that's being ported out there in some of these trolls uh and all the you know the attacks on him and his past and he's being absolutely silent i i hope this carries through uh through his radio show i hope he has his radio show but just stays away from the controversial stuff. But I, I think he's handling it the, the way you should handle sort of an uh, onslaught on social media. Uh, by a bunch one of uninformed un- people of with an show. agenda.
0: What's right. that? Yeah, it is. And they're sort of willfully uninformed, right? Because they know it's going to sell clicks. I don't think people are sure. this dumb. I do think some people are, uh, they really don't like Ben as we've said a million times because of the early career stuff. And they, and they do honestly just hate him and they're sort of blind about that. But I think other people know what they're doing. They're selling clicks. Now, I will say this again, Ben, like we're not exonerating him. He does have a leadership problem. And this isn't – and it's not universal. Obviously, the he loves the linemen. The linemen love him. There's some good stories from this week about that. Um, and people get along with him. But, you know, there's stories that – I mean, the guy's – you know, he's a little bit distant from the team. You can even hear it in the way he interviews and stuff like that. He's just not – it doesn't always seem like he's a very natural – guy um and he does have leadership issues but they're not like colossally bad leadership issues and to try and use him as the scapegoat for all the Steelers problems right now is absolutely ludicrous because a couple of self-interested superstars didn't think that he was the exact best friend quarterback that they want like the Antonio Brown, there were some videos of him showing up to Derek Carr's house right when he got to Oakland. And, ju- and you know, they said, hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up? I'm excited. All right. See you later. Didn't feel forced at all. Then I heard that he showed up at Derek Carr's kid's birthday party. And I'm sure when the cameras are off, I don't know if Carr was brave enough to go up and say like – I. I don't know you. Why are you at my child's birthday party? No receiver is doing this with the quarterback. This is weird. Stop trying so hard. But anyways, Ben oh, and does
1: always wants to make sure that you, you reciprocate on the house visits. So he's got his one and really cool. Derek has to go to his house. We should be done.
0: Well, he's got two. He's got to go to one of uh, a B's kids birthdays. Um, you know, Yeah, that's
1: what I mean. And so, Hey, uh, <laughs> you mentioned this in passing, but I, I think it bears repeating the, um, Mike Pouncey, yeah. starting uh, sort of pushing in, leaning in against this crap going on about Ben.
0: Yeah, and he didn't speak wrong. He meant to say Mike Pouncy, not Marquise, but Marquise's twin for brother once. who plays for the Chargers who are in Los Angeles. Nailed it. Didn't say San Diego. And he actually chimed in on that Josh Harris, you know, fumble gate BS from a, a few weeks ago, and and he actually responded to Josh Harris or called him out and tagged him on Instagram saying, basically calling him a bum, saying that he shouldn't be, you know, looking for his 15 minutes of fame by disparaging a guy on something that is so clearly conjecture uh, about him intentionally fumbling. There's so many other ways that Ben could have got his, his point across than that. Um, and basically said – you're a bum. It the outcome would have been worse if Bennett actually handed the ball to you. And hey, at Marquise Pouncey, tagged Marquise his brother and said, like, was this guy I still can't believe this guy was really on the Steelers. Was he really on them? And Marquise responds to him in Josh Harris's thread saying, like nah, I can't remember him, man, and and then just continue to tr- talk trash and basically say you can't hide about all those times that you fumbled in practice. I can remember that kind of contradicting himself. I guess he was on the Steelers. But long story short, they, both the Pounceys vehemently defended Ben. Marcus Gilbert actually jumped in and defended Ben as well. Marcus Gilbert isn't even on the Steelers anymore. Ramon Foster jumped in. So it was really cool to see the line and players get really worked up about that and defend their quarterback. They are intentionally being, uh, they're intentionally being smart. Foster kind of addressed it. Like there's really no point addressing a psychotic mob because you're never going to get your point across. So that clearly is the, the the approach they're taking, but they did at least kind of stick their toe in the water. And I think that was enough to show people that it's like, Hey, Ben's not the greatest leader in the world. He's never going to be. I, I don't think there are very, very many quarterbacks who are, you know, there's breeze and like Nick Foles <laughs> and some people like that. But um, although I'm sure people weren't following Nick Foles when he was throwing picks in St. Louis, but I digress. So he he does need to improve that. I would like to see him relate to guys a little bit better, be a little bit less stubborn apparently than he can be towards coaches and, and, and other players and things like that. But I do think he has improved his leadership over the years. The offensive linemen prove that and um Yeah, he's got to improve with it. But to to scapegoat him the way he's being scapegoated right now, I've never seen anything like this. This is like sometimes people kill LeBron this way in the media, but it's just absurd and biased and people got to move on.
1: We have a major programming change starting in this this show. I'm moving the feedback information to the middle of the show. I think most of you do listen to through to the end of the show, but I wanted to make sure that if you wanted to, and we'd love to hear from you, you, you reach out to us. We are on Instagram at Steelers outpost. We are on Twitter. As you've heard at Steelers outpost. We have a website, SteelersOutpost.com. We also have an email address, Steelers outpost at gmail.com. So hit us up, let us know what you're thinking, questions, comments, perspectives. Now we uh, what we've been doing over the last we started last week, and we're going to continue our draft review. And as Nick said, we've been spending a little time looking at videos of the linebackers.
0: Yes, we have. So let's start with the Devons. Basically, you have two mini Ryan Shaziers. And I say mini because Devin White from LSU and Devin Bush absolutely murdered the combine. The, uh, Devin White from LSU – it's going to be the first prospect we talked about, but they're both in the 4 4 range for the 40s. And they're just, they're little undersized, but prototypical NFL, modern NFL linebackers. And that is to say, they're not the big thumpers. There's no Levon Kirkland, you know, CJ Mosley, Timmins even. They are sideline to sideline guys who can cover and make big plays. But actually, if you watch their film, and now I've watched both of their films, and if you look at their combine numbers, Shazier is actually noticeably even more explosive than these two guys. Which really just sh- and these guys are very explosive, so it just shows you how how special of a player uh, Ryan was when he was coming out in the draft. But let's start with Devin White from LSU. He is the consensus number one linebacker, and honestly, after watching them, I I you know. I don't do this full-time as a draft analyst or anything like that, but I know what I'm looking for in a middle linebacker, and they just seem neck and neck to me. But everyone seems to say Devin White's going to be the first guy off the board, but we've seen that a lot of times every year in the draft. People think that they know the draft order. I would not be shocked to see if Bush somehow ended up going above him. So we'll see. Starting with Devin White from LSU, number one, he's an incredibly fluid athlete. He is so smooth on the field. I don't, I don't know if he played. I can't remember if he played running back in high school. I think a lot of these inside linebackers did, but he can just change directions very well. His sideline to sideline ability. He's very smooth, uh, stringing runners out to the sideline, and he, he definitely has a great blitzing ability. Can time up blitzes. Definitely has a coverage ability. Everything you would think. Uh, you know about a speed linebacker like that. He's six foot two thirty seven, ran a four, four two. He's very explosive. Um, and he, yeah, you get what you pay for. So it is Ryan Shazier. Like he, he's not quite the banshee that Ryan was. If you watch Shazier's film at Ohio state, there are so many plays of him timing up the snap count and shooting into the backfield and either totally missing the guy or making it a tackle for a five yard loss, which is exactly what he did for the Steelers. But you could just see, like, there was no keeping Shazier out of the backfield, and that was part of how Ohio State used him. I have never seen an inside linebacker get blitzed so often. So with Devin White, it you didn't see as much of him in the backfield like that. But LSU used him in a more uh, wide variety of ways, covering people, um, you know, and just not constantly blitzing like that. But he just shows the ability to do everything. On the negatives is I said I didn't see him finish as much as I would like to see in the backfield. I only saw three of the games with him, but it was against you know Auburn, Alabama, the biggest competition you have. Um, and he's obviously not a huge thumper, but there's just, there's just nothing wrong with him from a prospect. Very fluid, can go all over the field. Going to be a top 15 pick guaranteed, if not a top 10 guy from LSU, Devin White. Okay, so
1: the second Devin spells his
0: name the exact same way. Which is helpful. Yeah, right? <laughs> sometimes
1: I get a little caught up. In
0: now, if the Steelers want to really play Tommy Ball, here's what we do. We trade both third-round picks and our first-round pick. We're going to throw in Juju. I'm sorry. i sorry. Like I told you guys, I'm not getting connected again. Let's, let's cut this off before it gets too late. And we take both Devins. And you have the Devins running the inside. Of the Steelers defense causing havoc. They're playing both ways for sure. We're running James Conner in the backfield with Rosie Nix and at least one of the Devons. They'll alternate series. And it's just wishbone. And you got uh, Moncrief going deep, I guess. Anyways, we'll work on that. But did you have something to add there? I see. I, did. I think
1: compelling. the other benefit is that we're going to save all $600,000 on Juju's contract.
0: Yeah, right. Well, anyways, here's Devin Bush from Michigan. Honestly, when I watch the two linebackers, I try and take all my bias aside because obviously before you watch a player, you have heard things about him. Like I had heard Devin White is, is the number one guy definitively for a long time. And you heard Devin Bush is the only guy the Steelers are looking at in the draft. We need the Steelers to get Devin Bush. So you're already sort of imagining him for the Steelers. But I do my best to take that bias out before I watch the film. And I try and just look at everybody like, you're not Ryan Chazier. You should try and impress me. Or you're not, you know, Martavis Bryant. Try and impress me. That's the way I try and look at it. Or people who are, uh, who have comparative skill sets who I've watched play football a lot. But when I watch those two players, I liked Devin Bush a little bit more. Because he's got the exact same sideline to sideline ability and blitz ability. He's got that incredible speed. His measurements are identical to Devin White. He's 5'11, 234, ran a 4'4'3 instead of a 4'4'2. But he was just more of an aggressive player. And once again, this might be how Michigan was choosing to to use him in their defense. And they have some studs on that defense. Like I talked about, that edge Chase Winovich. They obviously had Rashawn Gary, first round defensive lineman. He's on that team. But, um, yeah, I just I just found him taking the fight to the blockers a little bit more. <clears throat> I didn't see either one of these guys really light up a lot of running backs in the hole, but that's kind of to be expected when you're a more undersized linebacker. I did see Devin Bush show the ability to get deep down the middle of field when he needed to on and um, coverage and everything like that. Um, and just these two guys, it's the same thing. They're great athletes and they can cover all parts of the field. I'll say this on the negatives for Devin Bush, though, his his reading of the keys and his instincts may be a little bit lower than uh, Devin White. And he got suckered repeatedly on read options, especially in the Penn State game when they were playing against Trace McSorley. He got suckered killed by mcsorley on all those quarterback keepers he got faked out of his shoes every time he didn't know if the running back was getting the ball or the quarterback so he has to work on some of those instincts or on reading some of the keys hopefully that's something that is something that you can improve with more experience and obviously he's not that big both linebackers have that problem so he can get sealed off on some of those counter plays or if a lineman gets to the second level it's going to be hard for him to scrape off of those guys but he does a good job of not letting those sea monsters engage him in the first place. Because once they get him, I mean, he's too small, but he does a good job of avoiding them. So th- both of those guys would be just plug and play starters day one for the Steelers. So
1: according to your analysis, we sort of fall off the cliff here. And we're looking at Matt Wilson out of Alabama, who came out of the shoot as a sophomore with a great trajectory. Didn't show much this past year.
0: Yeah, he was a a great-looking prospect, Um, not this past season, but the year before when he had some spot time as a starter for Alabama. Five-star recruit out of high school, out of the state of Alabama. You know, that's pretty much an NFL trajectory right there. Go play for Nick Saban. And he has most of the typical frame and skill set for the modern NFL, but he's not quite as explosive as either one of those guys. He's a little bit bigger. He's 6'1", 240. Not that much bigger, but he ran a 4.65, and he does not show that same type of speed on the film as the two Devons. But he is a playmaker, and he had six interceptions in two seasons. And I know you're playing for, for Alabama, and I didn't get a look at all of those interceptions and if any of them were against you know, Alcorn state quarterback who was soiling himself and threw the ball into the middle of the field. But from the ones that I did see, he really knows how to make plays on the ball, and he's got good hands. And so that's what the Steelers are looking for. They're looking for playmakers. The only thing about him is he's very hot and cold. Sometimes he'll have a great game. Sometimes he'll completely disappear. Sometimes he'll have a great quarter. Sometimes he'll completely disappear. Um, That being said, excuse me, he only has 17 starts at Alabama, so there's plenty of room for upside. He's just not quite the guaranteed plug and play guy that the Devons are. So I'd be absolutely mortified if they took this guy in the first round. Like I said, if you can't get a Devon in the first round, the Steelers have some flexibility to look at a receiver or a defensive end and you know, or an edge player. Or maybe even if one of those excellent tight ends falls your way, then you can look at one of them. TJ Hawkinson is the guy from Iowa. And the other guy is Noah Fant. Both from Iowa. Super studs. But so if they took him in the first round, I'd be very disappointed. If they got him in the second round, I, I it, it wouldn't be that bad, you know. Um, as far as the negatives, like we said, he's so hot and cold, which actually has Steelers written all over him. You know, that's kind of the guy that they've drafted with Edmonds and Burns and Dupree and those guys over the year. He's just not quite aggressive enough, so it really shows you his instincts aren't quite where they need to be or his ability to read the keys we said some of that with devin bush but this is a different another step backwards for this guy he waits for the ball to come to him a lot and he just doesn't throw his body around or trust his keys as much so as a second or third round guy i don't know if he'll last all the way to the third round round he'd be cool but it's definitely not a first rounder for me
1: the steelers brought a lot of people to west virginia this week they actually called me but I, i had a meeting that day but they brought a yeah. lot of coaches, and the last person on our list is from West Virginia, David Long.
0: Yeah, David Long is another one that I looked at, another super athletic linebacker, and that's really what the Steelers need. They need to pair somebody with Vince Williams, who is a solid, decent, you know, thumper in the middle and who has actually become a very good leader of the defense who has now been familiarized with. Uh, familiarized with the defense for a little while, but David Long, I'm not sure where he's going, but he's got. I mean, I'm definitely under no circumstance in the first round. He's a very raw player, but he's five eleven, so he's the smallest of all of the linebackers, two twenty seven. But ran a four four five. He is super athletic. He's another one who moves all over the field, and he is hyper aggressive. He does shoot those gaps in a similar way to Shazier did. And he will blow up a running back. He'll stick people. He'll get an incredible sack in the backfield when he just shoots himself into the backfield. The only problem is he usually misses the tackle when he gets there. He's very raw in his ability to diagnose plays. And he is very inconsistent and his ability to finish them. Actually, he is consistent. He consistently doesn't finish them. But you can you can't teach this type of athleticism to a guy. And he does have a lot of potential. I like how aggressive he plays. If he can learn how to get his body underneath him a little bit more to finish some of these plays, then you could you could have a decent linebacker. But this is more like a mid round type of prospect guy, third round. You know, if you've got some other bases covered, maybe they'll take a risk on him. I know they visited today with a. I don't know if he's a where's your linebacker from Akron a guy named Ulysses Ulysses I didn't have it I didn't have time to look at him but the Steelers are meeting with other guys David Long's the last one I looked at from West Virginia great athletic profile but very raw makes me nervous for Steelers who have not shown the ability to turn raw prospects into good pro players
1: Ulysses Ulysses Gilbert the third so prolific that there isn't even any. Um... There's no bio on him. He's six one, senior, two hundred twenty five, as you pointed out, out of Akron, one of the zips.
0: Well, if you could get him, if you could get Paris Campbell, the receiver we were talking about last week. By the way, I was talking about Paris going in the second round of the Steelers, or maybe not being upset if they took him in the first round. More and more as the week's gone on, I've you know I'd heard him rumored first round or second round. Now people seem more consistent that he's gonna be a first round guy. So we'll, we'll see about that. But if you could get Ulysses Paris. You could get some. You could get an all-name team. You got Juju already. You're on your way.
1: Chidi Awuma is still involved in the team, which is he a, is. You got Xavier Grimble.
0: Got the X-Man. Yeah.
1: So of uh, these. Four, wh- what is your. What is your bet as to what the Steelers will do and what will happen?
0: I haven't made up my mind on my, what my bet will be, but obviously my mind is completely made up on who I'm going to make my bet with. I'm going to make him with my bookie. Because my bookie offers betters in all major markets and entertaining lineup of gaming options. They've got unique prop bets you won't find anywhere else. Will the Steelers take a first round prospect in the first round? I'm giving you 50-50 odds on that. It's a push. I don't even know if you can actually do that. But my bookie knows and if you go there, you can use their mobile site, which is super sleek. It's easy to use. You can use it on your cell phone. You can bet on fantasy points. We know we're gonna force the ball to it to, to juju minimum of three to 30 times a game this year so hopefully you can rack up some stats that way and if you're going to bet on that you can do it with my bookie remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with visit mybookie.ag online today and don't forget to use that promo code outpost25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play you play you win you get paid
1: well, starting today in Phoenix, Arizona, is the annual league meeting, and this will go through Wednesday. It'll be interesting, I guess, as always. The rules committee will meet, and I think they're going to be taking replay under consideration. And uh, if it's to be believed, they're they're looking at the AAF to see if they any learnings there.
0: I think I heard some comf- some some reports about the Steelers saying that uh, the Rooney um, that Ar two Art Rooney said he would not be in in favor for adding for making all plays reviewable because that would lengthen the time uh, like it would lengthen NFL games and he thinks if anything they should be shortening NFL games and I think he definitely has a point there I mean one of the biggest barriers to entry for people watching football is that it goes too slow for them so I'm with him on that you know um, the Saints had plenty of chances to win that game yes they were robbed but they had so many opportunities to win that game and hey if your first ballot Hall of Famer doesn't throw an interception in your first drive in overtime you know You even had that opportunity. But then they also said something about, um, I think I heard Rooney would support the idea of making sure that both teams get a possession in overtime. So that would eliminate, you know, what happened to the Kansas City Chiefs in the championship where they lose the coin toss. Tom Brady and the Patriots go down the field and score a touchdown on the first possession. Therefore, uh, Mahomes and company, they don't even get one chance to run it back. Well, Rooney would want... Mahomes and them, or the team who gave up the touchdown to get another another chance to run it back. But that's funny because that would also make games longer. So it sort of seems uh, hypocritical. Oh,
1: I, I'm so down with that. I just do not believe a game can can go on a coin toss and say what you will by having equal opportunity. But this game is slanted towards the offense. Why not? If we're yeah. going to move away from kickoff, move to what you know closer to something what the colleges are doing. Give everybody a shot at it. I mean, so what if it's a little longer? I am fine with that. We're sitting at home in front of my fifty five inch or my refrigerator and toilet right down the hallway. It's fine. Yeah. And it gives you us know a what? something to do on Sunday.
0: Exactly. And and there's a difference between lengthening the game in that way with game action and lengthening yeah. dead time during the game. And you're you're adding time you're adding action to a game versus adding redundant nothingness. Yeah, so they, I, they call I'm with that
1: you. they call that baseball. Anyway, we'd like to hear from you guys. So, as I said, hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Look at the Instagram, Steelers everything's Steelers Outpost. So, whatever your modality is, please reach out to us. Let us know what you think about overtime, instant replay, etc. So, until next week, thanks for listening. Go Steelers.
2: Okay, bye-bye. Man, that sunset is gorgeous
1: Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.